Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Twin Peaks podcast. My next guest is the incredibly talented Julia Savinska. Julia is not just a writer, she's a multifaceted creative powerhouse, podcast host, personal creative consultant, a cherished friend for over three years. Her journey through the realms of creativity has been nothing short of extraordinary, with a lifelong passion for storytelling deeply rooted in her love for seminal works of fiction, including Star Wars, Disney, David Lynch, and the mind-bending narratives of Christopher Nolan. She continues to explore many creative avenues from writing captivating stories, including her upcoming debut novel, to hosting a range of always insightful podcasts. Her creative consultancy work has also touched the lives of many, helping individuals and businesses harness their creative potential. But beyond her profound insights into the intricacies of Twin Peaks through her site, Twin Peaks Cafe, her lifelong dedication to the art of storytelling is beyond question. And at this rate, she truly is destined to work directly at Nolan's Syncopy offices, close collaboration with the man himself. Julia Sawinska, welcome. Oh, I am so touched. Thank you. <laughs> it feels like this was fated. We first started in the sphere of things like Dune, you know, then mm. moved into the Nolan podcast, but always looming in the background was you and the name, you know, Twin Peaks Cafe. And, um, and so that's why, obviously, it had to be you to, to debut the Twin Peaks podcast, episode one. I feel very honored. Uh, it's been a long road <laughs> to this particular episode, but um, I'm happy. It was, a, it was a good road. And Twin Peaks is just special, you know? Twin Peaks, I, I have this feeling that Twin Peaks finds you. It's not that you find Twin Peaks. It finds you when you need it most. And um, I think we might both needed this. And here we are. Absolutely. And as I was um, basically refreshing myself on, on all three seasons and Fire Walk With Me, and basically as and you saw me, I was messaging you, sending you like, <laughs> you know, the timeline, which is extremely meticulous, mm. very well um, chronicled over on the, the Wikia. So shouts out to whoever put that together. Um, going all the way back into like 3000 years BC with the, the entity known as like Judy uh, or Jowday or, you know, as we'll get into, it really highlighted just how in intricate, you know, the the creative kind of opus of, of Twin Peaks is. And I, and I just kept on um, realizing just how revisitable it is and how repeatedly uh, evergreen and interpretable it is over the years as all inkblot-esque kind of, mm. of art are you know so but yeah i have to ask uh, what was your first encounter with twin peaks it was 10 years ago i would say the first yeah. time i watched uh, i watched the tv show for the first time i was sick um i took a week off of um of my school and learning and i just lied in bed and i was like why not? I'm just gonna give it a try. I'm in a perfect place to to watch it, and I was immediately hooked. I had no idea what was going on, but it was autumn. It was the rain was falling outside, so I had the perfect you know backdrop for this mystery. And essentially, Twin Peaks. As I tried to, because I I did this um, kind of like a split watching for mm -hmm. my blog, I was um, writing all the threads and all the plot twists and storylines. And as I was watching it for the first time, I didn't even realize how many storylines there are. There's, it's not just the murder of Laura Palmer. It's so much more. So and much more. Um, as I grew older, I realized this is essential storytelling and it's uh, a whole new level. I don't think anybody else but Lynch could pull this 
multi-threadness. Yeah, yeah, yes, uh, the both of them. But I, I have this feeling that Lynch and he's like way of convincing that this is so crazy let's do this you know yeah. um it will make sense eventually <laughs> yes <laughs> so for me it's um it's just it was I, i was immediately hooked for for the minute i started watching it and um yeah it, it's kind of tradition for me to watch it every autumn so like october november those series? gloomy months one two three yep wow. yep although uh, the season three as delightful as a surprise it was after 25 years <laughs> i still prefer season one and two and then season three is like this cherry on top but my my favorite is one and two well that brings me to some of what ray and i spoke about uh she has her, her our first question for you actually comes from ray so mm. um okay we'll, we'll build up to that but basically um as i was immersing myself in Twin Peaks for like hours on end yesterday it occurred to me that um, you know you know, they, they, the two of them came together um, mm. uh, Lynch and Frost you probably know this and everyone listening especially if they're Twin Peaks people know this but uh, for those who don't uh, they came together for a Marilyn Monroe project um, mm -hmm. which fell through but uh, the alchemy the alchemical creative alchemical reaction had already begun between them And Lynch, um, you know, from his work with like Monholland Drive and other mm. um, explorations of like nightmare suburbia kind of thing, it um, coalesced into Twin Peaks. And the mission, if if it can be called that, because uh, it was it was still extremely non sequitur and in fact, and dreamlike and surreal, um, especially for I think the early '90s. So it had that you know puzzling baffling effect which is so beautiful and refreshing for lynch because he's like you have plenty of options if you want you know linear uh, fairly logical um sequences you know monomythic cambellian aristotelian mm -hmm. storytelling that's all there for you meantime my his calling is to is to break that and reframe that and shape and just play with that a lot more and break it you know um And so I was like, but even even within that premise, one and two are fairly linear kind of focused, mostly, especially compared to three. Three mm -hmm. is a true, I, I, I liken it a bit to Matrix Resurrections, where it is a commentary itself. And it is a, mm -hmm. uh, there's a mourning, M-O-U-R, and, you know, I-N-G quality to, to three, that itself in a roundabout way becomes comforting because I feel seen in how I am feeling that way nowadays. Mm -hmm. uh, post smartphones, post all these things that do take away from that kind of cozy Americana loveliness of seasons one and two. Um, mm -hmm. So when I see three being so, like there's so much violence and like uh, grotesqueness and, and, and even crazier, even more nonlinear, truly nightmarish, like all over the place like it's mm. it's the most lynch that lynch has ever lynched you know exactly um, exactly exactly yeah. and that's what makes this season so wonderful yeah it's it's yeah. it's probably the weirdest of them all but just because it's so messed up yeah. it's it's the classic essential lynch mm. so i yeah i appreciate this so much okay all right great well um so ray's first question was Uh, Julia, what draws you to non-linear, confounding, uh, highly cerebral storytelling uh, along the lines of like Lynch and Nolan? So that's directly from Ray. 
That's a great question. I think the complexity of it, it's it's like a mystery to unfold. I feel drawn to this because I feel like I'm a part of the mystery itself. It's something that I don't just sit by and watch and let it slide through my through my eyes. I am actively engaged into solving the mystery or getting to the bottom of why and how can we fix it or fix it Ty- typical fixer but um <laughs> what 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 was the reason for for something like this like i mean in, in twin peaks why was laura murdered and she was perceived as this wonderful woman young woman never making any troubles and yet we learned that her past her life was so much darker than we than anybody could ever anticipated and um it's the, this those tiny bits and pieces that we discover and you can't just sit by you are actively engaged you're forced to in this wonderful way force it's a kind of a negative word but it, you're forced you're because you're drawn into this lynch and nolan have this like if you want to watch anything that i do be prepared to be right in the story i felt the first time i was watching it i felt like i was glued to cooper's hip all the time you know and it was it was just wonderful sensation because we don't have that quality in everything like star wars star trek as much as i love it i don't feel like i'm flying in millennium falcon with them no (laughs) but in watching watching twin peaks i felt like i literally moved to Twin Peaks I felt the gloominess I was drinking my coffee black you know um, <laughs> I felt a part of the world and I think that's what draws me in the most wow beautifully succinctly expressed beautiful um, so that'll be nice to kind of break that open even more but we do mm-hmm. have a lovely little structure here and I kind of want to treat this as um, the really comprehensive Julia kind of chronicle of, of you and Twin Peaks so so I have here uh, your early creative life, right? Mm. Um, your journey, basically, that led you, um, yeah, like the background, your upbringing that led you to uh, pursue your creative path and what led you to resonate with um, creative works and storytelling. So you can give us the however however long you want to go into it. Mm. it. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a wonderful question. I think... You know, I was watching the movies, any movies with my parents as a kid. Every Sunday we we watched something like uh, Mommy or, you know, Indiana Jones, something that was an adventure. And storytelling, I think I only started thinking about it as a concept of how I want to live my life um, when I started watching Nolan movies, really. Lynch came in a little uh, later in my life. Like Twin Peaks wow. was the first thing, and then I dived into the movies, and I realized that I think I'm pretty good at this. I think I'm pretty good at telling stories because I I soaked up the um, the listening skills. You know, like I, I knew that I am a good listener, and then based on those experiences from people and movies, I am able to craft something myself. And I thought hmm, maybe. Just maybe if I turn it into a story in the way of using words as expressions of my feelings, maybe this is a good idea. And lately I've been trying to be more gentle and more kind to myself. That goes also saying compliments to myself. And I think I'm pretty good at, you know, saying words and expressing my life in as a story. 
wow. which essentially maybe one day will lead to like a movie script or something. Maybe not based on my life, but just you know as a as an exercise of a writer. Well, I'm excited but about story, that. Storytelling is also a nice tool to make life a little more exciting. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it allows you not only go from point A to point B without like in a straight in a straight line, but it allows you to go mm. to point C first and then maybe go to D yeah. and then go back to C. So it allows you to take those detours and build something more than just one linear path, really. I love that. Yeah. And that is more akin to what life is like. It's not um, a purely linear um, experience mm. and there's often setbacks. And, um, and I love when we see that in things like even its contemporaries or sorry it's um it's descendants stuff like twin uh, um true detective and, and alan wake for mm. example um there's often circling back and yeah to, to, to old clues to re-examine and stuff like that and and i i love that that from a very early age for you there was you brought creativity into um kind of how you saw life and how you interpreted like what was happening uh and it kind of lends itself to that idea of how we author our lives and mm. to great to gain creative ownership and command over your life is a creative act you know because you're, you begin creating your own life instead of being at the whims of other people so creativity is also synonymous with agency you know so mm. very very it makes perfect sense because I, I know you from over three years such an independent thinker and such an eclectic so it makes perfect sense that you would have had that uh, awakening as early as you did besides i also think that storytelling makes you appreciate your past and your experiences what you said is that we're sometimes circling back to those moments and what i've noticed that sometimes we're trying to escape that past however painful or not painful it might be I've learned through storytelling and through, through sharing that experience, those stories from my life with people on my blog is that that past made me who I am today and mm -hmm. I don't want to run from it. I, it was some things were painful, some things were wonderful and it wouldn't be fair to myself and to other people if I would only focus on those nice things that happened, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think storytelling also allows you to embrace those bad things from your life um and turn them into something really beautiful and i think i th as i said it um dale cooper actually is from seasons one and two well till the let's say final episode of season two <laughs> is a perfect embodiment of this kind of um life of acceptance because he carries himself there are some secrets in his life there are some unresolved mysteries from his past but yet he's very firmly grounded in the present never forgetting about what happened and mm. he's so eccentric like he has this voice recorder he is very fixated about the coffee but those are the quirks that that made him and i think that's 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 wonderful and i always loved cooper he was always my yeah. my favorite uh, character <laughs> right after diane because i always wanted to to know who diane is in, diane in real life was. and we actually got it later on so so that's yeah. great I agreed. Yeah, I as I was watching it, you know, um, I 
I guess we can do a bit of a back and forth, but for me, Twin Peaks had a peripheral awareness of it for many years. I, I just heard from my parents, you know, that because um, they grew up in Italy, that they would have, you know, they would be on the phone with each other across different hemispheres of, you know, uh, talking with each other about the episode and, and waiting. Mm. And so there was a, a big um, buzz around the show internationally about who gets to mm. see that each episode first, you know, friends in Italy talking to friends in England and stuff like that. Um, so I knew about the, uh, that one show that took the world by storm and that was sort of mm. peripheral and stuff. Um, but then in 2015, when I started uni, um, so 2013, I started it actually. And I don't know if I had heard the, the first rumblings of the, you know season three coming down the pipeline mm -hmm. or people you know wondering whether or not it would happen and f for some reason i think it was i think precipitated by at the time i think it was 2014 when twin uh, when true detective came out mm -hmm. uh, and there was a, a strong um you know people in the news were saying that it this is uh, something that is following twin peaks you know um uh, that is continuing that that feeling of, of uh, mm -hmm. uh, investigative, um, but also surreal and and supernatural, you know, kind of uh, um, criminal series, you know, and um, and so then I was like, okay, well maybe I I owe it to us to owe it to myself and and Ray owes it to her because we we did quite like that first season of True Detective. Looking forward to January for season four with Jodie Foster. That'll mm. be interesting. Um, we've already got the True Detective podcast underway, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there when we get to it. But um, um, so yeah, we, we decided to just watch it. And back then we didn't have, you know, streaming services. They weren't, everything was oh, yeah. a bit more disorganized. So let's just say uh, we found certain ways to be able to watch them. Um, online <laughs> and for twin for two I keep getting them confused but for true detective we didn't have subtitles and that kind of impacted us there um, but again overall that season's brilliant but no we started watching it and it was with watching Twin Peaks with absolutely zero context <sighs> with zero spoilers whatsoever was magnificent it was mm -hmm. Ray and I you know in front of my iMac in 2013-14 and it was so surreal because if you look online I might find some images now in the edit but there's um, our building uh, that I was staying at it's called Uni Lodge and that word lodge you know and <laughs> the wall perfect all these different yeah, exactly all our floors each floor had a color um, so like the third floor was green, the fourth floor was blue. It's, you know, it's something that's common in uni in university accommodation, but the floor that I was on floor five was red. So <sighs> my, <Perfect. laughs> my room had this gigantic red wall and we were, we had our blankets, we had our snacks and we were just watching this thing. And yeah, I still have such fond memories of just this series. Mm. We couldn't stop watching. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it it feels like a blanket itself. Like it's it wraps crazy. you with this gloominess and mystery. And every time I watch it again, <laughs> it's I I discover something new. I am mm. like I'm like a kid that's watching it for the first time because it's like, oh, 
the, something happened here, but I don't remember what. So I yeah. I am rediscovering this love, and it's 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 wonderful. It's yeah. um it's something it's something else really. I don't I don't think I have any other show in my life that's been with me every single year. You know. Well, let's talk so about that. You and Twin Peaks Cafe, the mm. you know as we both share. Um, a kinship without an entertainment and other topics as well but we recognize that when it does naturally spill into an endeavor into a podcast mm. it's not just sort of this love you kind of keep in here it's so great that it spills out into some form of um either it's a podcast or something external to kind of formalize this passion and kinship you have mm -hmm. so, and you've really taken that um quite literally to heart i mean you know the cafe that notion of you know the rr diner that that's very t tied in with with twin peaks and it's also a very cozy kind of image there but uh, yeah tell us about twin peaks cafe funnily enough the idea for the name came in a dream oh, that's <laughs> as if that's it so wasn't perfect enough that. uh, perfect. i it was a dream i was working in a cafe uh, of all places in the US, I don't know why, because Twin Peaks has this British vibe for me for some reason. Oh, really? Okay. Um, and we had this big glass door. I was opening the cafe. We had those those uh, big pots of plants, and I opened the door and I and I just looked at the, the the screen there, and I was like Twin Peaks Cafe, and I was and I woke up and I was like, hmm, this is actually a pretty good name, in your you know. That's if so I cool. ever had a cafe, I would probably call it this way. Um, and then at, at work, I started a movie club and I was writing those very extensive emails after every time our group went to the cinema. I was like doing a kind of small review of the movie and a recap of what happened and stuff. And it was such a long email. I was sure nobody reads it. And then a friend of mine told me, you should actually start writing like i w people would do would read this mm -hmm. and i did and uh, it was a scary moment but i think in six days i will celebrate four years um of operating of that yeah it's it's i i i don't know when it went and how it happened but it, it's 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 wonderful so yeah and then i was absolutely terrified because i had to start a website from scratch i had to buy a hosting and all those crazy things that i don't understand <laughs> and to this day the technicality but you know my relationship with technology <laughs> so the technicality of maintaining a website is um still very daunting um but i you know i, I write i have a place and i have a platform to write um and initially love, it was supposed way. to be just about movies and tv shows and pop culture and life happened and heartbreaks happened and i i allowed myself to have this little cozy cafe out there on the internet to just sit with a coffee and pour my thoughts i hope that it never goes anywhere it is um a true shelter and refuge on the, on the internet um it's that it's, was my goal to to yeah. have like for everybody to have a place to just come in and i wouldn't ask any questions i wouldn't ask and i will just embrace mm. and give you what you need you know whether it's a distraction me rambling about star wars or twin peaks or dune <laughs> or whether you're looking for something serious like you know mental health and heartbreak and yeah. how i dealt with it and how it shaped me and how my life was in ruins and then i was overly dramatic about it <laughs> and it wasn't so bad in the end but um but yeah I'm, I'm glad it's 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 seen this way well i admire that i admire that of you because 
Another beautiful thing art and entertainment can do is it it it, it gives us structure, you know. Um, I was talking to Ray actually of if you need any more clear evidence that art and entertainment is interwoven in the human condition, you only have to look at the strikes. So the strikes have gone on, they're just about to wrap up apparently, they're in talks now finally, 145 mm. days. This, the government was this close to jumping in because they were saying they were about to basically start wringing necks and saying, you know, you guys are while you're while the studios are fighting very greedily, not to give the writers their their mm. fair due. In fact, the minimum, um, entire economies and uh, jobs and industries are are shifting, and um, people losing houses and stuff. So. That I mean, you know, art entertainment is is woven into uh, economies, into livelihoods, um, because it is a natural uh, thing that humans invest in. You know, we put bot we put food in our bodies, water in our bodies, and it just as naturally we put stories and art into our bodies. So if you if you draw that equivalency of something that it's like nutrients for the human spirit. There's yeah. nutrients for your liver and for your other organs, uh, and then, and that isn't even hyperbole. It is. It's measurable. It's observable. Um, in 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 how close and, and important storytelling is. So, once again, when you when you do something like put a blog together, a journal, and and your upcoming novel, and and I I truly am manifesting like the most beautiful ascending. Dem ever dem even more multifaceting a creative future for you you know as you do that there's a beautiful recognition of what it means to be human as you're doing that and that can weather you that can see you through very very difficult times and um it's almost like you know one of like your as you said unconditionally closest friend that's just there no matter what goes on so it's very kind of moving in that way it's very beautiful yeah well yeah. i needed this mm -hmm. like i needed this kind of place um for myself i needed that kind of friend that wouldn't ask anything will be just there so yeah. i i thought i might not be the only one who needs this and if i can provide this kind of comfort to someone then i'll be more than happy to do it Mm -hmm. With Twin Peaks, of course, because what else? <laughs> what else indeed? If I may say, if we're going to take that phrasing of Twin Peaks, could mm. I say that your Twin Peaks are Nolan and Lynch? Is those are the twins yes. for you? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Twin Peaks, Nolan <laughs> and Lynch. I would die to see them collaborate on something. That I think it would blow it everybody's mind. Yeah. everybody's mind and you know if we're talking about manifestation i can be the person that Facilitates brings those it. two yeah <laughs> i can i can bring them together maybe one day who knows i genuinely um, but think yeah. if you were to reach out to lynch's offices and emails were passed along he would be receptive he seems like such a because he is a transcendental meditator he does um believe in everything being interconnected and to have his secretary or whoever his office say so we have this um, young Polish girl <laughs> who, who has some questions to you, um, multifaceted questions. Put her right through. I would be interested in speaking with her. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. yes. That. I mean, 
you know, things happen yeah. in, in the world. And um, that's true. maybe that's worth trying sometime. Why not? Um, okay. All right. Well, you know, and again, who knows what opportunities will, will open. But, um, and, you know, again, firm believer in energy. This is something I've heard him echo his beliefs on as well. And, um, you know, tulpas, like they are literally <laughs> manifestations of our will. And, and and I do think that there's basis to that, you know, concentrated mm. energy produces results and, and energy and action produces results. So um, and, you know, on that notion of these two essentially orbiting each other. So, you know, cheekily almost is if you look at episode eight of season three uh, with the Manhattan Project, and oh yeah then you look i mean you see you've seen in, in my looping background some of the explosions are just you can almost take those straight out of oppenheimer um yeah i found that to be also very interesting of that strange connection you know uh between yeah you know nolan is big on villeneuve villeneuve did uh dune uh but also did you know blade runner and uh, i think the the kinship also with if you there's this inter interconnected web between like Ridley Scott and David Lynch and Nolan and Villeneuve. Mm. It's, it's very, it's kind of beautiful that way. But um, what did you, what was your, what are your notes on, on that kind of interesting connection with the Manhattan Project aspect of Twin Peaks? Did that come out of left field? That's, when we were talking about it, I, before I, I, I answer, um, yeah, sure. it's like those orbs, you know, with mm. <laughs> Bob and Laura Palmer, like, into Nolan that goes Villeneuve and, and the other way around. Um, I think for me, when I re when I watched Oppenheimer a million times and then I rewatched Twin Peaks season three, I think those are this is the beauty of pop culture that we see the connections where we want to see them. Yes. Um, I don't think when Lynch was doing uh, season three of Twin Peaks um, uh, with uh, with Mark, I don't think they were like, oh, maybe one day Nolan will do Oppenheimer, <laughs> you know. But I'm. It's it's wonderful that we are able to make those connections, you know, that yeah. we see those things. And even if it's statistically impossible to ground this connection and make it like <laughs> legit, <laughs> it is in in our heads. And I just I, I love it. I, I love it. And I would love to see um, some of the known movies with nods to Twin Peaks and uh, some of the Lynch stories as a nod to to Nolan. Mm -hmm. um, I know that he regretted a lot of things that happened with his Dune. Oh, yeah, I still Dune, feel it's a good movie. Like <laughs> it's a great Lynch movie, terrible book adaptation, but that's a different story. So <laughs> yeah, it was it's it was really interesting to see this this particular episode again after watching the Oppenheimer because it it kind of gives you a different perspective a different a different um, outlook on the importance of this project Manhattan project yeah. and the explosion and in, in the context of Twin Peaks world which we know is super broad and it goes way back to the BC times absolutely absolutely my head can my head canon officially is that um, time being something that in many ways the the linear construct of it is something that we just kind of accept to be able to put structure in our lives and but um, 
unclouded and un, unframed by like a mortal consciousness and mortal understanding mm-hmm. and, and uh, based in you know our the way we perceive reality which is not reality we will never know true reality because we are permanently behind a veil of subjectivity so mm-hmm. in the my head canon is that um, you Julia Sawinska precipitated the connection between Lynch and Nolan through <laughs> through some kind of strange time portal time space portal where you have these twin peaks yourself of Nolan and Lynch and uh because if frankly let's be honest um when that eight, episode 8 happened there was nothing absolutely nothing the word Manhattan project hadn't been even mentioned in seasons 1 1 or 2 in firewalk mm. with me at all in any of the supporting material so it felt truly like Lynch something just you know you sometimes you'll wake up from sleep with a completely out out of left field image or notion mm-hmm. and when something is out of left field it in my understanding it means that it was planted there or or put there from something outside of our understanding in that dream understanding which is very kindred to Lynch uh, and yeah, I don't know. That's where I'm just. I'm. That's my head cannon. Is is you? You are somehow I, I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. I mean, I I firmly believe that dreams are really messages yeah, from are. the deep. From the deep. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. Cut to uh, um, but, um, the car right now. Let's go. I, I had to. I had to. Uh, no, but like even this. When I was thinking about the name for my blog, and when I was telling the story to my friends. I was thinking that they might be like, you're crazy. How can you like, you know, this is, this was just a dream because we often say that about most of our dreams. Um, But then again, if you think about it, they do mean something for me. It, that was a dream that changed my life. And it was such a, at that time when I was thinking about it. And when I think about it, like four years later, my life has changed completely thanks to that one dream. So I mean, your Twin Peaks Cafe, like it's so woven into you. It's such a mm. such a great thing, and um, I'm so looking forward to everything it becomes. But anyway, to to maintain our lovely little structure here, so mm. we've covered your um, early kinship with creativity um, and your path to like unleashing your creative potential, which is beautiful. Mentioned kinship with Lynch and Nolan which is also something that Julia has covered in many of our Topic Archives podcasts so you can Nicking in. Yeah, if you go a keyword search Julia on Topic Archives you can find all of the episodes that Julia's been on and she's been on a few so it's always wonderful having you here um, but now I have here just we, with you in particular with writing and with, with podcasting mm. um, your podcast uh, this podcast is not what it seems I was heartbroken today because I went to try and find it on Twin on, on Spotify. It's not hosted there, so I, I'm actually uh, offering to, to to help reinstate it. You know, I changed the name. Oh, I changed the name because it was just too, a little long. It's still it's called Cherry Pie at Cherry Twin Peaks Pie. Cafe. Okay. So okay. Uh, I stayed within the uh, Twin Peaks area, let's say. Yeah, 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 yeah. and um, I think I uploaded something. A while back about following and memento mm-hmm. uh, and then nothing but i as soon as you know my storms in my life will weather down i i'm thinking about throwing some episodes Please just do. trembling i'm I, happy to jump I still on have this, if you have me I, 
Uh, always, always. Okay. Come on, you were, you are the reason I do this. So you, <laughs> no. you, you brought this. You planted the seed you are in, a in my head. So. Engine. You are, you are Marvel. It's all <laughs> no. good. Yeah. No. So it's, it's. I would love to have you there on okay. the Marta, turn the tables. You know? That would be cool yeah. to, to have all three of us, and that would be rad to, to, because a cupcake thief, right? What a legend mm -hmm. unto herself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I I would love to I would love to do it one day. Okay. Um, so I still remember what you told me a couple of years ago um, <laughs> that it, and it was a Twin Peaks reference, Julie. Really, that I should just do what Dale does in Twin Peaks, like just record those yes, notes to myself. I like, even said that. That's true. I, I drank a liter of water today that's something i haven't done in you years do you know that. oh my god julia <laughs> it would be so fascinating and then just stick some twin peaks ambiance in the background um yeah edited in imovie just chuck it together and this was like and i don't know if whoever it's like you can say diane you can say dale it'd be interesting <laughs> <laughs> right from diane's perspective really you know exactly and it would just be interesting um I love that. That's so cool. Okay. All right. Well, I just had to mention it because um, I, I, it'll be in the description as well for people to find. So cherry pie, and I love that there's um, you bringing the cherry pie and then Marta bringing the cupcakes. So yeah. Cupcakes. Yeah. <laughs> Such a cool. Well, um, so but yeah, back to so we've discussed your podcasting, and then obviously you always are, um, yeah, like twin. Uh, topic archives alumni of course but so in terms of your writing how's the novel coming along if i might ask um i have to put a pause on it uh mm -hmm. i've been really stressed lately and uh had a lot of work and i wasn't in a good place to write mm -hmm. mm, creatively for the book for the blog it's something else it's um a little less focus requiring writing mm -hmm. um but i feel like I'm finally entering this safer zone again and I will be able to push forward and since the day are getting shorter um, and the, the autumn is, is coming I think I will be spending more time indoors rather okay. than outside so I will have um, more time to to put it in writing I still make a lot of notes so mm -hmm. I, I have the entire idea in my head. I just didn't have the energy or the space to write it out. Totally. Um, and it is a little bit draining. So work oh, in progress totally. still. But I also learned through the years of writing stories that there is if, if it's supposed to make me feel good and bring me happiness and joy and relief, and I cannot put limits or border myself in yeah. like you have to write this book within a year or no. you have to write every week. That's just limiting yourself and making you feel bad about it. So I I wanted to write this book as quickly as possible. But now I know as soon as it came out and it will, mm -hmm. um, I, I want this to be, you know, 100%, not just like 50% of what I can do. Perfect. And that's it is thanking you from the future. It's saying, Julia. Thank you for taking the time with me. In hindsight, I appreciate it. I can even just, you know, um, I mean, books can talk. I'm just saying that. Um, but yep. if you wanted to tantalize uh, our listeners as to what the book is about. Oh, that's a, that's a great um, question. Let me reply with a quote from mm -hmm. the song that's going to be, that was inspiring for me. Mm -hmm. um, Up on Melancholy Hill. There's a plastic tree 
Mm-hmm. Are you here with me? Beautiful. I love that. <laughs> we do love abstract, um, very interpretable. Uh, I think cryptic, if you listen you to know? the song uh, and yeah. realize really what Gorillaz had in mind when releasing it and then when writing it, I think it will give you the general gist of what I want to Mm-hmm. what I want it to be and with with the blog the same thing as with the book I want it to be the safe heaven maybe this melancholy hill of your own so mm-hmm. hopefully it will work all right okay well I feel like we've grounded ourselves and versed ourselves fully in the marvel that is Julius Lewinska but now if you wouldn't mind I would like to now open up the audience to what Julia has been aware of for the past 24 hours which is that I did a very, very thorough deep dive into um, Twin Peaks lore. And wouldn't you know it, there is, as I mentioned earlier, an amazing timeline out there. So that'll be on the website now. That'll be in the edit now on the screen for people. Um, I, first of all, love nonlinear storytelling. I love surreal storytelling, cryptic, cryptic storytelling, but if it's available and it would have been totally fine if it wasn't but if it is i do quite enjoy a methodical you know um linear ocd mm. frankly you know <laughs> start from square one let's let's go every single detail about something from beginning to the present and the only thing i can honestly compare this to julia um when I do go back and look at the, you know, we're going to come up to, I think it's 1990, was it 1994 or 1992 that Twin Peaks aired for the first time? Uh, the first, first, Season. I think it was 1990 and then 1991. I think, yeah, 1990, April 8th. Um, that's, oh, I remember. April 8th. Not that okay, I was cool. born <laughs> no, to see okay. it, but I, uh, I remember it being that's there amazing. on April 8th. Okay, so we're we're well over the thirtieth anniversary. Well, um, but basically, yeah, it's it's had all this time with again supplementary works as well, and those will be on the screen now. Um, and some of them have had certain characters, like you know, ha- have new names and stuff like that. But uh, there's like Guide to the Town and uh, you know Dale's private journals, whatever. Like again on the screen, you'll mm-hmm. see all the canon works of, of Twin Peaks. Now. A little disclaimer here is obviously it's work of fiction. Obviously, you know, uh, it's it's about what you decide to, to invest your time into and what you find rewarding. But for me personally, especially when it comes to something as seminal and as influential and as frankly just expertly crafted as, as Twin Peaks, like the merit is inherent uh, to actually just dive in and immerse into this mm-hmm. incredibly intricate uh, um work of storytelling and a little bit of historical fiction storytelling which uh the only other yeah thing that i can compare it to frankly is because i'm a you know hideo kojima uh mm-hmm. file and we have 70 plus episodes of the kojima podcast that i've done since 2017 and obviously kojima and, and david lynch are very connected and i would that's my that's my almost my mm-hmm. twin peaks frankly is i would love to see kojima and lynch collaborate um because they're so so kindred with each other uh, and he he did a beautiful um, not all the way back to 3000 uh, BC, 
but he wove in his narrative so well with history itself. So for those who do, mm-hmm. of you who don't know, and again, Twin Peaks is the perfect example of what you know Julia was describing is a, sh- a show that you put on, and it's it's as the kids would say for the vibes. Like there's there's, <laughs> there's mood there, there's vibes, there's aesthetic there. So iconic, the Americana, the cherry pie, the 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 woodlands and 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 the surreal owls and caves and stuff like that but for those alberts out there and and you're like this too i'm sure uh it did all begin with um these uh uh i guess it was sumeria (laughs) which is amazing um i don't know yeah so this this entity, you know, uh, Joadi, mm-hmm. Juidi, basically Judy, you know, um, as mm-hmm. as you'll hear David Bowie's own Philip Jeffries talk about this entity, a- aka which is highly highly alluded to be the experiment in season three, mm-hmm. is um, mother of abominations, you know. So yeah. I found that fascinating, and and it has a female and a male aspect. So Judy and Baal, B A A L. Um, how do you feel about like the actual chronology of Twin Peaks beginning like 3000 BC? Like that's insane, right? It is insane. <laughs> it is, but it's also brilliant. Yeah, it is brilliant, and it worked. It for did. like, if you if you think about it, if you would put it on paper, just those ideas to let's go back 3000 years BC and make sense out of it, you wouldn't. Mm. I think that's uh, just that was such an insane idea, yet so perfectly making sense. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, um, when I heard that Twin Peaks is coming back, and I when I heard it's after 25 years, which made perfect sense because Laura said, it's I'll see insane. you again in 25 years, which is, by the way, my favorite response to when I'm socializing too much and I'm, someone says to me, I'll see you soon. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll see you again in 25 years. Yeah, me too. Um, we say that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I did it. Well, first of all, we didn't know what, what was coming and it, that's going to be such a wild ride. Um, but I was kind of like, I wasn't afraid. I just knew it's going to work. And then it worked in a way that I didn't even anticipate it. Like, going back having those entities explaining everything this this evil let's say spirits and doppelgangers that's kind of that that's mind-blowing this is the definition of mind-blowing concept that is so crazy that makes sense so exactly exactly and um you know i don't know if it actually explains it in um in terms of where judy came from or these entities rather, if we want to broaden it out. But um, there was something that I came to understand as I was going all the way back and, you know, sitting with, even though the red room uh, and, and the chevron pattern of the of the peaks itself up and down, mm-hmm. like dark, black and white, um, I, I'm, I, I, and, you know, form and void, all of that, like the opposites that are required like good and evil the opposites that are required for 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 life i am also and that and and you can see it behind me um right now so aware of the gray that that creates and Mm. uh and laura represented that gray you know and episode Mm -hmm. eight i love obviously eight infinity like episode eight of season three is so it's such a it's almost like a 
almost its own mini film really because the again the the girl who ingests the frog moth you know is heavily mm-hmm. alluded to be Laura Palmer's mother you know that's that's, yeah. that's the illusion and there is an interesting thing that i because that's and then you can take that to mean you know the birth of the atom bomb the birth of evil in the way that it creates so much self nullifying and self annihilation like what that that that's evil like and for for judy to have basically become a manifestation of the this i mean at, at least in terms of our reality there is no utopia it is just gray there is just simply evil there is and so yeah. the idea of probably even thousands and trillions of years even before judy there was grayness and evil but again we are humans and we're also people who write wikias and we have to start somewhere it's far enough back really to kind of convey it but um you know uh yeah i think some i mean nolan you know live long enough to see live long enough to see yourself become the villain and and frankly the point at which you enter a story means you could be talking about a villain or a hero you know mm. that that person may be in their villainous phase or their evil phase or, or in their heroic phase and that goes for you know frank herbert with dune and, and paul and where he goes as well um but to to really tie it back is like i i found that so interesting in, in terms of a starting point of like 3000 bc thousands of years ago uh in this reality in this dimension evil came to be and it was like there was no there was no impetus there was no sin that was caused it was just a simple you know fact of existence and it's it's kind of harrowing and and like yeah in terms of a place for a universe to begin like and i mean twin peaks the main thing it deals with is like the evils we're capable mm. of you know yeah yeah um you said it very beautifully and one thing i keep thinking about is that grayness mm-hmm. which i think we all need in life like not necessarily that to be stuck in it but gray is in darkness mm. gray is this one step before darkness so um laura was in that gray area for most of her life but i want to believe that she was still having some colors she was still having that light before she was consumed by the darkness and um that only proves that twin peaks is very multi-level experience Mm. it's it's so much more it the owls are not what they seem and so isn't twin peaks it's it's just you i think it's it's difficult for people there are people who love it and there are people to hate it now no no nothing in between right and, uh, th- th- that's just you either love it or hate it and it's yeah. you can't just say i like twin peaks you have to either love it or hate it um but with that said lynch is offering us this gray mm-hmm. this this gray spot for us to actually sit down and think what it all means and how it all began and that evil wasn't born out of like you said and something happened it no. it was just an act Inherent. of creation from yeah. the universe and um for someone who's struggling with an anxiety or you know general stressness and everything i think this is an easier way to digest that things just happen sometimes and that there is nothing big hidden behind it it's just you, yeah. it is what it is sometimes so 
And I think, and I speak it from as a person who loves using films and TV shows as an emotional outlet, looking mm-hmm. for those messages and escapism. So, Twin Peaks well, is just a perfect example. Beautifully phrased. Uh, art is a journey in reconciling our own senselessness. You know, I just did some mm-hmm. archiving work with uh, Alan Moore today, and and he very beautifully expressed that you know would that it could be as simple as these big conspiracies that we tout around and even ray and i were talking about like we're not even uh, deep down we we have to know that we're not capable of such grandiose conspiracy like and again alan moore he says the real frightening mm-hmm. thing is that it is it's rudderless you know there is a uh there is a senselessness to how there's just evil in the world and and that's what what I found so beautiful about episode eight of season three, which is my favorite episode of Twin Peaks, all three seasons. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Um, It's because uh, it just talks about how that is just a sad, it's like when you hear about someone who were just, you know, going shopping on the day of a mass shooting, like they had no, Mm -hmm. no um, karmic tie. There was nothing that was coming to them. They they just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that was Laura's mom. Mm with this uh, beautifully uh, abstract and surreal interpretation of, again, if you strip away the surrealism from Twin Peaks, it's it's just, um, it is a story about inherited evil um, and how people navigate the inherent darkness in themselves. And, you mm-hmm. know, Laura's, Laura's mom, again, implied, it's never fully said, but, you know, uh, is it Sally? That's her. That's her mom's name, right? I think I can't remember. Sarah. Sarah. Sarah, Sarah Palmer. Uh, on this day, close by or whatever of this uh, atom bomb, and and when I, you know, Ray and I, we talked about Oppenheimer and uh, that beautiful Crichtonian line of they were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. What a great line! Mm-hmm. And it is what happened with the atom bomb, and. Uh, you know, it seemed as though we were always fated to make such a absolutely like it. I mean, it, it took look at the purple room behind me. Like it made such enough of an impact that it, like vast, uh, inconceivable entities took notice. You know, the fireman, uh, Madame Dido. You know, the morph zone. Like it mm. created it created such a rupture in reality for like a sentient species to do that to themselves to to split mm-hmm. the atom. That in- Lynch's very surrealistic way of interpreting that is like, well, evil was born. Bob was born. You know, the eggs were born. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we created the ultimate evil by the creating evil. this bomb, mm. and maybe Lynch what you said maybe that was his interpretation of how this evil will now look in people and what was the aftermath of creating such a terrible weapon mm-hmm. um and that ultimately humans are each other worst enemies and we will <laughs> go for the doom and destroy ourselves in <laughs> yes, the future so. <laughs> but at least we can have some fun podcasting while we while we destroy ourselves isn't that right julia yeah right. Yep. Um, And find find your vibe tribe and and live as best you can. I always like to say if you're at at the peak of despair, you can literally go just put your life into autopilot and say, well, I mean, I'm inside a flesh vessel. Flesh vessel has needs. Uh, Hungry, sleepy, tired, wants to be loved, needs to, uh, Mm. you know, get sunlight. 
you can go on autopilot and be like, at the very least, you can honor the vessel like that you have until you can, you know. Uh, so there's no really such thing as life giving up on you because there's just life there supporting you. Like the lungs keep breathing. There's something mm. solace bringing about that. Um, but yeah, we took up our, our big tangent on, on the subject of the birth of evil in the cosmos. But yes, so Judy and Baal, <laughs> form and void, uh, feminine, masculine. And then I have here 1800s, uh, the Jade Ring. Uh, and the mm -hmm. Jade Ring is such a fascinating... Um, and again, I love in that Lynchian way of he keeps so much unexplained. But, you know, for then for those who haven't done the deep dive, I'll give you a little highlight. So, so Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> so Thomas Jefferson had a friend. His name was something Lewis, Meriwether Lewis. Mm -hmm. And when it came to these early explorations of, I guess, the Americas, you know, the Lynchian for us clearly did their research. Um, uh, the Jade Ring was among, quote unquote, a, a collection of, not even looking at any notes, I just remember this, uh, amongst a collection of bizarre artifacts that were given, not from a, ch this is my understanding of what I read, not from this indigenous chief to these men, but apparently there mm -hmm. were, quote unquote, several, like three white uh, settlers who lived in this area of Twin Peaks before it was, long before it's Twin Peaks and who gave this chief this ring so this ring is as, as far i mean you can jump in because you're the expert uh or at least definitely more versed than me uh my understanding is that it is enigmatic and we don't know where it came from is that correct yeah it's 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 it's, it's a symbolism and um like you said lynch and frost did a ton of research doing mm -hmm. it uh and only for for many people this might have zero significance when you think about it it's just a ring mm. um but when you dwell into the history and like hmm, maybe this meant something and then there's the timeline and it, it clearly is something bigger in the world of twin peaks and again it proves that this is a gift that keeps on giving you know mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. uh, it's wonderful so, I I, you know that I do appreciate research. I love when people put effort into what they do. So, yeah, it's like I'm saying, every time I watch it, I discover something new. It's like, hmm, let me Google this. Let me see if this means something Absolutely. or am I just being over, <laughs> over interpreter <laughs> here and yeah. overthinking this entire show. There's no such thing as overthinking Lynch. Everything is... It's oh yeah, it's underthinking. Right. We're underthinking him. That's, right. That's for sure. That's right. We're <laughs> only ever underthinking. I love that. But it strives. It's like it. It kind of gives you. It spurs you on to want to, to think more about it. But um, but yeah. Um, so what's wonderful about this timeline is that, as you know, like it gets more detailed as you come closer to the events of Twin Peaks. Obviously, to the point where I think in the 1900s, I'm skipping forward a bit, but uh, it does go month by month within a year at some point, which mm -hmm. is interesting. I, uh, so you'll go um, the century and then the decade. It'll cover, and then there's um, each year, and then there's each month within each year at late, late later on, which is phenomenal, and I love that for my OCD, mm -hmm. <laughs> for recovering OCD. Um, so I have here, uh, so 1870, um, which I always found interesting. Jade Ring comes into some form of awareness, and then exactly, I love numbers, and I always mm -hmm. have a, a, I have a connection with seven, eight, and nine. Seven being, you know, seven chakras and, and an alche very alchemically significant number. Eight having that infinity connotation. 
um, mm -hmm. nine as well is three of threes, you know, very special. Uh, but yeah, 1870, Twin Peaks founded. Then I have 1880 as we approach that triple eight, you know, the infinity, the, the owl cave uh, discovered. Um, and uh, so, yeah, Meriwether Lewis, Mark, um, you know, Jefferson's like childhood friend got sent out. You know, there you go. Love, love the, the hoodie and, and the cuff. Love that. For Thank you. Listeners, uh, <laughs> Julia came correct and, and is fully decked out in her Twin Peaks gear. So check out the video version. Um, and yeah, I love that in in 1890, uh, Lynch wrote this in there, is that Mark Twain visited <laughs> Twin Peaks. <laughs> and in 1900, uh, Oscar Wilde visited it to the point where you get this feeling like anyone that Mark or Lynch had ever resonated with is like, oh, well, they're the way they are because they visited Twin Peaks, you know, <laughs> Yeah. which I found really, really kindred. Yeah. What do you think about those uh, little cameos in the timeline of Twin Peaks? That's wonderful, really. As a, as a writer, you are allowed to do whatever the hell you want within your world. <laughs> and I think Twin Peaks is like this because uh, Oscar Wilde was there, Mark Twain was there. <laughs> I think uh, Lynch, as a, as a writer, as a storyteller, wanted it to be a reflection of an, like his creative mind, yeah. really. Um, so it's wonderful. I love it. And now I think about that. Maybe I should do some cameos in my book as well. You know, you have to. I think that would be really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like sure. who was on the Melancholy Hill except from Christopher Nolan? You know, right? That's that, no, but I love the idea. I love it because it makes it so uniquely yours. Hmm. Um, and when you think of Twin Peaks, maybe if we knew David Lynch personally, maybe it wasn't, it's not like him at all, mm. but creatively speaking, it that's the essential of his mind and his mm. uh, creativity. That's his peak, I would say. Oh, beautifully phrased like that. Definitely. Um, as we go along, there's some interesting mentions of specific films. So again, this probably has relevance to some of the supplementary materials. So the jazz singer, Battleship Potemkin and the Gold Rush, like there's uh, the cinema, you know, in, in Twin Peaks mm -hmm. that was playing those at some point. So that gets mentioned in the timeline. Then the 1930s, pretty significant, is The Dutchman's Lodge is Built, um, which, you know, I didn't have, I couldn't grow my beard fast enough and didn't have the soot enough, but I wore my plaid to kind of get a bit of the yeah. vibe going. Nice. So, yeah, what, a, what an interesting, very interesting dimension uh, by the way i i love how season three eludes me like when i try to put season three together in my mind it i it's like wet cake it just melts at some point when i try and mm -hmm. think about it but it is the one that for me rewards the most investigation because it is the slipperiest twin you know season mm -hmm. three does not want to be grasped or held it's like a slippery eel yeah um and the woodsman and um the you know the Dutchman's Lodge and, and the space that it exists in is mm -hmm. so fascinating to me. Um, uh, but that's right before 1940s, which is the Manhattan Project. And mm -hmm. um, I have a, here a little note. Um, I just put Alan Wake because we have next month coming out uh, another Kindred series that openly and affectionately uh, dips into as well as Stephen King obviously there's a big strong Twin Peaks element and I just wanted to mention that as you know with Dale um, being in the lodge for 25 years 
um, you know, Alan Wake is, is similarly trapped in like, I think it's called like the dark place or something for, mm-hmm. for a length of time as well. And I just, I had to mention it because I, um, because it, 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 you know, Oppenheimer was also recent, and I, and I keep thinking about these things of like why, why as well as Julia being Julia, and that 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 like this is the time, you know. There's always significance to why, why it, why now, you know. Like we've mm-hmm. known each other for three years. Like why are we only recording it now? So I think approaching Alan Wake and Oppenheimer just having happened, and um, frankly, I think there's also been. You know, not to take too hard of a tangent, but I've been doing a lot of contemplating about creative path going forward. And Lynch is a is he he's a, he's a linchpin for me with <laughs> with the decision to take a creative path. And uh, yeah, there's like an archivist gig coming up that I've uh, got an interview for, and I'm like, I really want to just like pivot into this really creative world, um, you know. And and I think it's almost. It's almost, you know, how we have not that I'm like praying to like lynch shrines or whatever, but when we when we're feeling a certain life chapter that we want to pull pull towards us and take a certain path, like we sort of gather around us maybe emblems or symbols and or mentors even that that will almost help amplify that or help precipitate that. So maybe mm-hmm. that was also a symptom of why, like, why Lynch? Why now? And so all of this coming together. What do you think about the notion of, like, cosmic timing with things in life? Timing is everything. Mm. Timing is is everything, and you can't tell me otherwise. It's, And I think this is so difficult to understand because time doesn't go backwards as as much as Nolan wanted it to go back uh we can't and that's the only thing that like one of the things that we cannot control mm-hmm. um so i think people and i and i had this the same issue too like i couldn't understand why some things just don't work mm-hmm. um because the timing wasn't right and i was angry that it didn't it's not working i don't know whatever was happening in my life because i was convinced that this was good for me that this is my path this is my person this is whatever Mm. but the more you think about it the things happen for a reason or they don't happen for a reason that's more explainable but time that's just yeah it's sort of refreshingly blunt right Exactly. Right. And um, that's why people get so frustrated with, with timing and they're very reluctant to admit the importance and that really you can be a champion, but if you're not in the right place in the right time, time. you're never going to be that champion. Like if you're not going to be in the right place of our right time, I don't know, in a street bar in Amsterdam, Mm-hmm. Maybe you will never meet the love of your life. I don't know. Or something you like know? that. Yeah, um, I think about that all the time, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I, even look at us. I mean, we met right, by a sheer yeah. accident. Totally and that accident. was just the right place and the right time for us, mm. you know? I love that. I think you're right. It is everything. And and in the way that obviously there's more than, than just timing to life. but But because of the the starkness the bluntness of like this is simply when this happened for you that's it there's no interpretability to when something happened um it's kind of frightening in that way and and this is you know 
really emphasized in terms of yeah the 1940s when that is very much what changed us forever the the explosion uh the yeah creation of the atom bomb and and i love yeah lynch choosing to really depict that in episode eight as something that not just affected people uh on earth but everywhere you know it like it it, it caused that that ripple in in on in the purple sea and um uh and yeah the 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 particularly nightmarish quality of the woodsman uh you know got a light and and the broadcast about pale horses and like obviously alluding to death and and like essentially the fate that we'd written for ourselves and the birth of irrational evil and irrational um unearned like like sarah's sorry um sarah palmer's uh you know affliction with the the frog moth and like her being this innocent really she can any can in many ways stand in for humanity like we were just innocent there were a lot so many innocent people who because of the actions of others like forever permanently changed you know uh permanently impacted and that was i mean timing we we happened to be born when we were born and she happened to be there when she was there and there's almost nothing personal about it it was just cosmic rudderlessness exactly. you know so so that was huge for me when i read that in the timeline i started thinking about like okay uh it really hit me about so lynch he presents things in these ways of you know rooms uh and like even mm-hmm. in the early in the early uh, 1800s you can there's beautiful passages i think in obviously some of these ancillary works where uh you know when uh, meriwether lewis was wearing the ring he remembers having visions of like a, a red space with like old statuary so clearly alluding to the fact that he he's been having visions of the red room and i've always you know li- actually lovecraft talks about how the human mind we are so limited in what we can picture or even imagine or conceive of to the point where um i think someone was doing a talk about like why do all the aliens in star trek look like humans it's like well we are we are inescapably anthropocentric like we can't really fully connect with something unless it takes the shape of a human which ties mm-hmm. into my quantumist stuff which is a little bit lynchian which is the idea that as you as you like the very earliest story in the quantum myth is it's just the universe it's just the rippling patterns which is the stuff on my arm and then simply because you the viewer are looking at that patternscape just like as if you were looking into a lake or something you would see yourself in it the only way a story can begin is if the reader sees themselves in the story and um when i think about how lynch is like well i don't know how to show you what the red room or even why i even call it the red room it's like i'm just trying to explain to you in images and artifacts and objects that you can understand i'm trying to tell you that something completely indescribable and inconceivable is happening many dimensions away so that's how i i interpret the purple zone and i interpret the fireman and madame dido and uh the woman without without her eyes and stuff so even though it seems very dreamlike and non sequitur and quote-unquote random i i take that as as lynch saying like i'm just trying to bring you into the other areas of the cosmos where what we did Mm -hmm. to ourselves like how far reaching those effects you know were and culminating in laura's face appearing in the in the golden orb and 
and how like almost foreknowing of what would happen later on like yeah i find that so interesting i, I love that episode yeah. so much yeah absolutely um humans tend to relate to situations and, and mm -hmm. people and sometimes they the only way then they can relate if it's like point and blank like mm. aliens in star trek are relatable because they look they're very similar to humans and mm -hmm. and so is twin peaks like we and look it's so abstract what's happening in there yeah. like we have the murder mystery but then we see those tiny bits and pieces of something supernatural happening mm. um like there's evil in the woods that's those are the words from the show mm -hmm. um and that's pretty inexplainable like what yeah. does that mean and yet you you're not like okay this is some bullshit let me turn it off you're like mm, okay yeah I, this is and it that's what that's why so many people love it despite of this being very weird show very weird stuff <laughs> um because it's still with this um weirdness and supernatural things it's still relatable mm. in a way so it's it's not like my mom always says that star wars is so like impossible and i'm like yeah mom it's in it, that's impossible. I yeah. don't need you to relate to this. There's no way this is going to happen. Although lightsabers, you know, people tried and succeeded. Know, right. um, <laughs> but Twin Peaks, it's very, and, and, and for the 90s, I would say it was very progressive in terms oh, of yeah. the science fiction minds. aspect mm. of it. And people loved it still, you know? Mm, very much so, definitely. And, and, um, and, and yeah, when I'm thinking about like how again it's logically illogical or illogically logical it, like that's how i i mean i frankly never really connect with utterly random stuff or even utterly boring kind of logic like if it's too logical or too random i don't connect with it and but there's always a sense that even behind the most outlandish and far-reaching and seemingly random imagery there's a there's a, at least a dream rationale there so um but yeah so after this I have here, uh, you know, another note that um, it goes back to. I have the, um, the Yakima. So uh, th there's a longer name as well, but um, unrelated to Judy and Baal. Mm -hmm. Basically, this area of the world, you know, there's all kinds of uh, geomantic um, uh, writing about certain areas of the world, like you know, haunted houses and haunted re regions and stuff, where veils between dimensions are thinner. So it means that spirits have a greater influence, entities have a greater influence. So in this early stage, we have the notion of what I'm just going to call um, the giant kind of owl man kind of mm -hmm. entity, which shows up later that um, Margaret, the log lady, ends up. I, I feel having an encounter with and I call her like the owl chosen like someone who just happened to have that even though they were only disappeared for 24 hours like irrevocably changed her but um but yeah so as we go from into the 40s into the 50s um uh the Dutchman closes um we see that uh I'm, I'm, I have another note here it's like I am. This is my own little hand scroll thing. Is like I am learning so much about American history through <laughs> diving into this. But um, but yeah, Project uh, Blue Book. Uh, as we, we as we go up into um, the sixties and seventies, um, and then the Blue Rose cases. You know, from from mm -hmm. Firewalk with me. So Blue Rose cases. I put here very simply. It's like 
if you think about like Men in Black or like you know the the X Files or whatever, like um, mm-hmm. you know the the titular or the the first season one of Twin Peaks, like that was a Blue Rose case. So check out Firewalk with me for more context on that. But um, um, but look, I, I'm starting, to, Julia. I'm looking down my extensive. We're we're just over the hour, and we, <laughs> what, you know what I mean. Like it's. So, so for the listeners so following along, the there's so much to talk about. It definitely won't be the last time now that we're fully underway. Um, uh, but yeah, I think it'll be really good to just kind of, so we, we, we made it after that, that point. We know that Bob came from that. Bob's out there somewhere. Watch your back. Um, and, and we'll be continuing this, I think, on the next one. Definitely. How about that? I think that's fair enough, right? Yeah, I think you that's know, fair too. Yeah. Uh, if anyone needs an encouragement to watch Firewalk with me, David Bowie is there. Please yes, of do course. it for David Cut Bowie. To David Thank Bowie you. In the edit right now. Beautiful. <laughs> Yay! We love you very much. And he is appropriately, along with Ray's mom and anyone who anyone else listening knows who's changed shape and is elsewhere, they're. In, in they're in the uh the, the fireman's house and they're in the purple zone and they're doing all kinds of cool dimensional things right now i love and how it just yeah go ahead in all of us right now those entities are are yeah. in us i, I like to think it this way Me too. like yeah i think part of part of ray's mom is is her, with her and then also out, out exploring uh out, out there so on that on that note actually um so i'm gonna i'm gonna just tail us off uh with uh julia's amazing uh, endeavors here so allow me to re-edify you all uh twinpeakscafe.com patreon.com forward slash twinpeakscafe youtube.com forward slash at twinpeakscafe uh linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash jasowinska <laughs> hell yeah um i as I'm putting my producer hat on, just just grab the TikTok. I know you might not post to it, but um, <laughs> just do it. Just do it because I just don't want someone to sweep in. Just go Jason Winsker or whatever. So that's me. You remember how I have my little Trojan horse accountability things? Yeah. Um, are, you, are you on Twitter, Julia? Uh, I think I am, but I don't remember. Probably I am, um, but okay. I don't use it at all. Probably all right. it's just my name and last name, but. Okay. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. And if I do, it's in the description. And, and just do a big old sweep to just refresh everything with your beautiful, which I'll put on the screen now, beautiful new logo for Twin Peaks with your tattoos there. It's lovely. Yeah. A friend yeah. of mine did it for me and it was just beautiful. It's really lovely. So shouts out to you and your friend. And uh, Instagram, you can find her, uh, Julia Sawinska, and also Twin Peaks Cafe. Um, everything in the description. So... Um, but yeah, we are truly grateful for having Julia on the show today. Uh, we wish her all the best in her future creative endeavors, and we look forward to welcoming her back to the podcast network soon. And it was a treat. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.